0: Hey Peter, yep. today we're gonna to be talking about one of the most sophisticated, mm-hmm. intelligent, mm-hmm. complex, mm-hmm. deeply spiritual harmonic concepts available to us as modern musicians. Wow, what chord is this?
1: I'm Adam Mattis. A little reprise
0: there. I like it. <laughs> I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll <laughs> podcast. Music advice and cattle coming out. Is that a cattle call? It, is a, it is a cow sound effect. Uh, <laughs> this is, by the way, this is an open studio podcast, in case you didn't know. So, uh, yeah.
1: But we are today are going to be talking to... <laughs> Sponsored by the Missouri Farm Board. <laughs> Missouri I w- Farm Association. Dude, I wish
0: we had that Missouri Farm Board money. Oh,
1: come on oh, now. Come on
0: now. Uh, No, today we're going to be talking about a couple of different things, but I wanted to talk about the (laughs) the uh,
1: the power of the moo chord. Well, this is this is very interesting, very topical, and something I don't really understand. So this is going to be what they call an explainer video or explainer podcast. So first of all, do you know anything about the moo chord? No, I don't know about the. I mean, I know it's is that a moo chord? It's a moo major. I know how to play it. Yeah, is that still with the third too? With the third. Yeah, I yeah. usually do it without the third. Yeah. The third on the bottom. But. So, Moo,
0: and we're spelling Moo not as a cow, but as M U. And it actually, the term itself, uh, the legend has it is it was coined by. Uh, the, Are you reading from Wikipedia right no, now? No, not at all. Oh. <laughs> uh, Steely Dan's uh, Donald Fagan and Walter Becker. And it, it talks about a very specific kind of shape. And it's a beautiful shape that gets used in all kinds of music. And we've been doing some short videos, short content pieces about mm. Sort of, we've been doing moo adjacent things. Mm-hmm. So I thought we would go full moo Mu to start here. But I just want to talk about what the moo major is first. So it's actually a really simple concept. Um, it is, I wonder if we could actually. I'm going to do a little bit oh, of Oh, he's a, calling an audible. Oh, he's creating an audible. On the fly. Oh, no, we
1: can't. Oh, well, why are you doing that? I've got something. Yeah. You know, I've been very up on my chat GPT. Oh, God, here we go. Again. I just this asked guy. chat GPT, what is a chord?". I spelled it M-U, Oh, is what is it, did, it, did it know? It says, I'm sorry, but there is no such thing as a chord in music <laughs> theory or practice. It's possible that you may have misspelled the term, or it could be a term used in a specific context or genre I'm not familiar with. If you provide me with more context or information, I may be able to. Ooh, it's trying to get me to teach it. That's very interesting. Yeah. Did I spell ooh, it right though? I think so. Mu chord. I'm just gonna try to tell it something. Let me know when you're ready with your uh, thing. A mu chord is <laughs> a specific sound pioneered. What we say? Pioneered. I think that's fair. By Steely Dan. Caleb, uh, I wonder... Oh he- uh, Wait, okay, check this <laughs> Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I apologize for my earlier response. You are correct that the term moo chord is associated with the music oh of, of Steely it's Dan. Oh, my God. It's GPT. <laughs> a jazz-influenced Ooh. rock band. The moo chord is a musical chord that was created and popularized by Donald Fagan and Walter Becker of Steely Dan. Is it essentially? It is essentially a polychord or a superimposition of two chords, a minor triad on top of a major triad. Is that right? separated by an interval no. of a tritone. No, that is not right. <laughs> the resulting chord is dissonant and ambiguous with no clear tonal sound. No, a moo chord is very uh, con- consonant, right? The exact construction of a moo chord can vary, but a common example is the combination of a B-flat minor triad, B-flat, D-flat, F, and a D major triad. No, that's not correct. <laughs> resulting so, okay, in the... N- stop B- stop, <laughs> the-, stop <laughs> the chat, G-B. Oh, no, he says exactly to play it like this. Excellent. That's like not a moo chord. The moo chord is used extensively in Sealie Dan's music, particularly in their later albums, and has since become associated with their unique sound. That is not what a moo chord is. Has uh, Celie Dan go. ever played? Can this you score? put Can you put my screen up on here? And then, yeah.
0: oh look, Caleb's already got it, kind of starting to, to get masked there. So we got a little keyboard. You can mask it a little more, Caleb, if you if you have the time. But uh, look at this, and maybe make it bigger, Caleb, so the folks can see there. On so if, if you're listening to this show we are putting a little keyboard up here on the youtube so you can go to our you'll hear it youtube channel you might want to subscribe we'll uh we'll display what we're playing on here so the basic mood chord is definitely not what chat GBT just said <laughs> so do not take that to heart but what it is in its in its very basic level is this so it is uh we'll say a c sus two over e right and so you can get here by doing a very simple exercise go to middle c the root, the second, the major third, and the perfect fifth from C. Right? And we're gonna do a drop two here to start to get to get the basics. Stevie Wonder. <laughs> we got, we got, what is it? Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: um, what was your nickname before? Noodles. Poodles. Poodles. <laughs> that was Stevie Wonder. What's the name of that song though? Leave in the comments if you know that Stevie Wonder song.
0: Um, anyway, so we have C, D, E, and G. And then we're going to do this drop two. So we're going to take the E down. And I operate. call
1: that a one, two, three, five chord. Yeah, that's that a correct? one, two, three, five. It's a,
0: it's a C add two, that, or C add nine, I think, is technically what it is, C add nine.
1: Is it a C two chord, though? Because I see that sometimes, C two.
0: No, this is C two. So it's, it's C add nine because it's there's a third in here. So a two would be a suspended second. Yeah. And this is, I think, technically C add nine. Uh, but if we take the, the, the if we drop two, right, the second note from the top, the E, and we take it and we put it in the left hand. That is a moo chord. That is what we officially call a moo major. So we can now use this. Now the moo chord always, the moo major, it always has the third in the bass. And that's how we use it. So it's never an inversion where you would take this through other things like that. It's not just a C add nine that you do in different inversions like this. That's not what it is. It's specifically with the, E in the bass. Now, you can do inversions on the top three notes here in your right hand. So this, you can do the next inversion up. And that sounds really good. And you could even do this inversion up here if you wanted to. Yeah, you might as well, right? But these two, these two, check it out, these two inversions are what you see the most. Yeah. right. So in the right hand, C, D, G or D, G, C. And then always the third in the bass. Now you've probably heard it on stuff like. Deacon Blues. Yeah, ooh. but so it gets used in that way. Steely Dan uses it in a bunch of different ways, but you can use it in a different bunch of different ways. It's most effective, I think, as an approach note. Now here's the cool thing, Peter. Yes. But wait, there's more. So we'll still be <laughs> in the key of C here. So one way you can work on it is this just is taking m- it. M- 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 <laughs> it's a move commercial. M- <laughs> Just, we talked about this last the last episode. You know, take all diatonic seventh chords here and drop two. Yeah. And approach each one with a move from below. Right. Mm. It's a beautiful approach chord from below. Yeah. Now you can also check this out. You can approach it uh, as you're descending as well. So we're still approaching from below, but we're sort of jumping, right? Getting, getting all these. Yeah. Now check it out. You can also. Here's what you might not know. You can approach each one of these chords from the moo above, and it sounds killing. From moo above. How about that? That's that's. So beautiful. And you can use all the different inversions too, if you like, to do this. It they all sound pretty sick. This is all the move, the second inversion here. But it gets you this really cool, you know, it's not, it doesn't have a seventh in it. It's got this really sharp thing. And and you know, this is consistent too with some classical. Music theory rules, some classical harmony rules, where if the third is in the bass, you don't put the third in the chord above. So you want to have these three voices above, right? Yeah. You want like maybe an A major, a major triad over C sharp. And uh, someone we call like a classically someone like move. Bach or Beethoven might put this here, right? So C sharp, and you want this A. You wouldn't put another C sharp in there. You would put A, E, A. yeah, or maybe a seventh chord, right? Yeah. But the moo. Instead of
1: doubling a note at all,
0: you just add that nine. Yeah.
1: You got that. In the Baroque period, that would really got you thrown into a Gothic have. prison for doing that. It would have been like, <laughs> within, oh my god, Internal damnation. Oh my gosh, you'd be in a German yeah. uh, prison. All right, can I show you something? With yeah, you? please. That was nice. Please. You familiar with? Hold on, hold on. Before, oh, no, I, hold
0: on. Before you do, you <laughs> show anything? I just want to read. What's going
1: on? <laughs> <laughs> Really? That's what you could That's a good sound. Come <laughs> Look on. Look how excited he I know. It sounds good. Check this out. This is, if you want to hear what Adam just taught you, but in just 60 seconds. I'm oh, wearing the same outfit. <laughs> Wait, where's the, I can't, I can't hear my Oh, got to do that.
0: Now we have the secondary dominant for each one.
1: Oh yeah, this is the one, the short we
0: talked about last episode.
1: But the move makes its appearance here.
0: Except the seventh. The seventh kind of sucks. Now, we put that secondary dominant with the third in the bass.
1: Right, yeah. The next one, I guess, right?
0: If one want a little bit more of a modern sound, we do the moo chord. <laughs> now, just take it through all 12 keys, and you're good to go. He's oh, we
1: just make it fun. sound so easy there, buddy, don't fun. we? Super yes. fun. Diatonic 7th yeah. chord. Okay. Stop it, Peter. Stop <laughs> it. How <laughs> <Paul>. TikTok. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> no, that's on the – go check out the Open Studio Instagram for a lot of this fun stuff. Yeah, right? we're doing more of that short content, these little yeah. warm-ups and stuff. That was good. Yeah. Well, thank you for that That move. Hey, so that's it's interesting because it's being talked about. I don't know. You know, like when you become aware of the nomenclature of something, yeah. but you've heard the sound a long time, but then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's what that's called. I think because it's such a
0: funny sounding name, it's really in the internet era. I never heard of it before YouTube was around. Yeah. And then the I story... thought the first time
1: you talked about it, you invented it, but I missed that.
0: No, 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 no. It sounds like something I might make up <laughs> just good. because it's fun to say. But yeah, apparently it's the steely Dan thing. I don't even know how accurate that is. They might not even know what the <laughs> hell we're talking about, you know, but it's just, that's the lore. Of I it. heard them talking about sugar core, so
1: there's that you know um well good stuff okay i got something for you um this is kind of random and i can't remember why i thought oh rando get on your mic there. i'm getting oh sorry i'm getting rando on my mic there um this is sort of about gigging because you know we get a lot of questions kind of offline and, and here and there and um you know something i was thinking about is like how do you like, we're always talking about, you know, the mood chord and how to pray. And this is all important stuff. But the actualization of putting these skills together oftentimes leads to a gig, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, especially younger folks, people just wanting to get into the biz, kind of struggle with, like, how do I say yes to this gig? Do I, Should I do this gig? I get a lot of questions over the years. Probably one of the most common ones is just, like, how do I – get away from doing gigs I don't want to do. Wedding gigs, what do we used to call them, like casuals? And oh, wow. Different people call them Taking it all things. the way back. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like, how do you make a decision <clears throat> to take a gig or not? And this is something we struggle with, both you and I. We've even come together at different times to try to remember the- uh, Not
0: anymore, man. The Just Say No Club? The Just Say No Club. Yeah, we, yeah. we said
1: no to that. <laughs>
0: Pre-pandemic. Yeah, then the pandemic said no to everything for yeah, a while. Yeah, so-
1: but but it is an important thing of, like, because, you know, the whole concept of when you're saying no to something, what are you saying yes to? Mm-hmm. But then what are we always talking about? Sets and reps. So as much as in terms of, like, practicing, learning to play, you've got to put that into practice, and there's nothing like, trial by fire on a gig but is it the right gig but I'm always amazed and it's a recurring thing and it's like an intergenerational thing of how much people struggle with and I would think back to it I was like I did too and I continue to in some ways but definitely to when you get to that point of saying like can I say no to this gig what are people going to think of me if I say no do they think I'm above this um am I just doing the gig for the money you know we're supposed to love music so i can't charge this amount i can't even be thinking about money because it's yeah, all about the art yeah. but like how do you think about like how do you like if somebody calls you for a gig how do you make a decision whether or not you're going to take the gig or not yeah so interesting so money is a factor but not in the way
0: that you might think so it's all a it's all i was telling you i was, I was listening to this yale podcast on game theory yeah. and so it is all a bit of a strategic decision about how you want to spend your time and where your efforts and and time and resources are going. And so I weigh, you know, I don't actually mind playing for nothing if it's the right circumstances. I don't like to do that, but mm. I will if I want to be a part of something and it's for a good cause or something, you know, of course I'll do it, especially if it's my own thing. Like if, if it's something that I, I see potential to grow, to be something that is um, uh, very fulfilling for me musically or financially or whatever, I... I am not one of these people that is like no like you're you know you're a professional and so you should be paid what you're worth like yeah when you're starting something somewhere from the ground up mm-hmm. whether that's a business or you're starting a concert series I feel like you can you know invest in yourself and try to build it up, and try to get people there. It's almost like you know, you get people there once for free, and then you and then you start. Yeah, and then hey, you, yeah. you got to get them hooked, and then you start. Charging. But it's a similar concept. Let them in now, for
1: free, charge them to get out. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> not saying
0: like I'm I'm gonna play for some established series and be like, no, I'll do it for free. Never, I would right. never do that. But if it's my own thing, and I'm starting, like you know, I'm starting this this orchestra. I'm starting my own yeah. string orchestra where we're gonna be doing. All of these amazing songs, you know, we're really celebrating the songs. Uh, we have this our first shows coming up in April. I'm doing all the arranging. We're raising money because the orchestra is expensive, obviously to start. And like, I'm going to be the last person to get paid on this, and that's because it's my it's my project. Like, yeah. I, I'm I'm responsible for for getting this across the finish. And line. Captain
1: the ship is the last one to go down. That's right. <laughs> well, that's true though.
0: Yeah. But like, I'm so I'm I'm doing this and I'm doing all this work for free for now because I know. I believe in it. You're playing the long game. I'm playing the long game. I yeah. know that eventually it's going to, you know, pay off. Most importantly, musically, spiritually, it's going to fulfill, you know, fulfill me in that regard. But then also, I know that it's going to be lucrative eventually. Right. Once I start getting butts in the seats. However, if it's you know, I, I, anymore since Open Studio has sort of taken over a lot of my of my time in the day and. And a lot of my energy, you know, a lot of like me, my creative energy, which is like been incredibly fulfilling. And it's what I really love doing during the day is coming up with these different ways to talk about all this stuff and then, and then hanging out with our community. Like I now have the luxury, thanks to open studio of saying no to pretty much anything I don't want to do. And in fact, I have to say no to things that I do want to do, you know, and that gets really hard because, uh, it can be, it can be a challenge. I will say I still have Peter, what I call an fu price. (laughs) Yeah, which I can't believe we just said that. Fu price, I like it. It's an fu price. Which what is what like, is that price? That's the price where I don't really want to do. No, I mean, what is the exact price? <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I, I don't want to reveal too many secrets here, but it's a lot. Yeah. And it's a. I do not want to do this gig, and I will say, oh yeah, I, I'm happy to do it. Seven here's, figures? Here's it's a lot. It's not seven <laughs> figures, but it's it's more. It's more than I sh- they should pay. <laughs> but it's like here, I, I really don't want to do it. But uh, and I and I'll be honest. Like you know, I'm busy. I don't have time. This isn't really my thing. But I'll do it for this amount of money, because that's the amount of money that. For me, it's like, okay, well, I should probably. Do
1: you, do you normally tell
0: people that then, all that accompanying it? No, I'm I don't busy, I'm doing, or is that just no, represented be, by I'll the No, I'll number. give them a high price because it's something I don't want to do. And so, right. but I, I will do it for this amount. I forget who recommended me the FU price. Someone a long time ago. It might've been you. Oh, yeah, wow. it might've been you. It was just like, listen, if you don't want to do something, just yeah. basic economics, like put it in a price range where it is worth it for you to do, yeah. even if it's a drag, and then let them know that
1: this is the price it's going to cost. And if they do it, then you're committed then you know you can do it then what about when those same people see you playing somewhere else that night instead and they know that it's a different price i'm not trying to like hide the fact that there's <laughs> things you know i, I mean I'm, do you actually put f you in the email as you give them the price no no <laughs> i you" and f you adam no. f you sounds so aggressive <laughs> it's, but it, it's well, not meant to slightly. be
0: <laughs> it's not meant to be that aggressive but uh uh no you know what uh, I'm not I'm not shy about the fact too that I will tell people straight up like hey I'm not doing anything except for my own thing right now because I need to focus my energy on making my own music Yeah. so like I'm not I'm not taking this arranging gig right now and it's not because I I don't want to do it and it's not because you're not great but it's because I I'm. I want to focus on even if I don't have a project I'll be like I'm kind of focusing on my own thing so I'm not really working with anybody else right now there's nothing wrong with that and yeah. if someone said would say that to me I'd be like oh totally cool yeah right
1: no, I think that's great, and I think that where the where maybe the confusion for folks that are not at the point that you're at and other folks, be it in terms of age, experience, opportunities, or whatever, is like what do you do as you're building up? And I want to be clear about that for folks: like you yeah. can't start here. No, what you just described yeah, it takes takes be- some
0: wh- a while to get because
1: it's way. like there's so many gigs, and I think back like some of my fondest memories are gigs that um either well like sometimes the biggest gigs you do you don't get paid anything for certain reasons which is course, fine yeah but they're but some of the like lowest paying gigs of all time were some of my fondest memories because i was in that like that um growth period where i got so much more out of playing the gigs either playing with certain people or playing in a certain venue or just the demands of the gig having to learn certain music or whatever. It was not about the money I was going to get. But I also didn't have that much to offer yet because I wasn't that experienced. I wasn't very good. Yeah. I was still like learning. So you have to kind of know where you are because you're getting so much from experience up to a point. That's I right. Think. And yeah. then it gets to the point where like certain kind of experiences is like, and nah, I'm good. I've already had those experiences. No,
0: especially when you're younger, the experience of doing a gig can be worth quite a bit. Yeah. To you, because also it's like you said before, it's the long game. You're investing in yourself and yeah. this experience that's going to make you better. And even still, Peter, if Herbie Hancock called you and said, "I want to do a five-city tour with just two pianos, me and you," it pays. <laughs> 150 bucks a night
1: you're doing it dude if herbie hancock calls and says you "I'm doing pay. five cities and i'd like you to be my valet for those i'd be like yes No, that's <laughs> what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah of course for for the experience we all do
0: things like this and right. I, there's nothing wrong with that now there's also nothing wrong with asking what you think you should worth and setting up your life you know to make sure that you hit those numbers like if you can't afford your
1: rent then you obviously are going to need to do more Paying gigs or figure out something right. else to do, but you also got to play the long game in terms of like you're gonna have to do hundred dollar gigs, fifty dollar totally. gigs. Yeah, well, everybody does to get that experience. Unfortunately, Unfortunately. and you got to pay your rent, so you might have to get another job. Because I get a lot of this, like I always hearing, like, well, I only wanna you know, um, uh, play stuff that's gonna be great and all this, but not from folks like you. I'm talking about from folks that are like just getting into the jazz performance yeah. game. And I'm like, mm, you know, I'm like, is this a long it's a long journey. Yeah. And you can't start there. Yes, you have to know your worth. And these are like really, really great young players. Yeah. But it's also like you haven't done nothing yet. You gotta work your way up. Um and I, I think that, you know, usually younger folks do understand that but sometimes they get tripped up on this like well I don't know if my art's going to be presented in in the right way at this thing and I'm like eh, don't worry about that you'll get to that later yeah you know I mean I've seen you know Herbie Hancock being presented not in the perfect way and he still somehow does a great performance I mean there's a lot of ups and downs and a lot of things outside of our control and I think that you have to sort of be on that continuum of just being glad to play like worrying about what the instrument is and all this kind of stuff like don't get ahead of yourself is is what i'm trying to say. Yeah, i agree. It, it, it kind of bugs me too
0: when i'll see musicians who are not who are still learning, who are still young and still trying to figure out how to play music. Yeah. And they're playing at smaller venues and then they're complaining on social media about, you know, this is a $100 gig. We should yeah. be worth more than this or whatever. It's like you're not bringing anything to this. Right. Like you, you know, <laughs> And, and I'm not saying you shouldn't you know your time's not valuable or worth anything, yeah, but also you have to, you know, th- if it's a smaller venue, the owner's probably losing money on you right. if you're not bringing people in. And yeah. so you have to account for that a little bit. And if you focus on like, what can we do to actually make music that people want to come out and see? Yeah. what can I do to get those people to know that we're doing this? Yeah. then you can build a crowd and then you have leverage, which is so incredible. once yeah. you start realizing how to build, capital with your art and how to leverage that to actually make money the sky's the limit because you can you know repeat that formula again and again and keep growing that but yeah yeah, you gotta you gotta learn how to do that
1: yeah and we're finally living in a time where we actually have some tools available to us you know things that we complain about for a lot of different reasons but in terms of like social media youtube these things where we can potentially directly access and access and build an audience without the other gatekeepers there. Yeah. That you know, there's a little bit less to complain about. I do hear a lot of like grumblings, just like, well, "Why do we have to promote ourselves and why do we have to do that?" And I get that. It's like in an ideal you world, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. That, that's the thing. But the scene does is starting to really reward those that do that. But I would just say that like you can innovate in how you access an audience or build up an audience however you want. You don't have to do it on the tools that they're saying, create your own tools or make a flyer. Like, it actually to. doesn't have to be
0: complicated.
1: It doesn't. Yeah. You know what you have to do? You have to spend time in the shed that right. gets people in exactly. the exactly That's it, where most, most of the people that are complaining about it can't play, but then there are some that do complain about it. that can play. And I'm always like, well, how do we set up a system in which, you know, great music can still reach great audiences that want to hear that? Because that's almost like, like, you know, um, it's like an import-export business. But is it's like, there... what are you going to bring in? if it's, it's already being made here, but if you're bringing in something special from another country that can only be made there, and then you can find people that want it, that's a beautiful thing. You're matching that up.
0: But are we? is it a system where people aren't getting the music that they would like? Because I feel like there's you can get whatever you want, and you can really you know go down rabbit holes. Oh, no, you can, you. but
1: I'm saying that, but there are great players, I feel like, that do get kind of passed Give over. Give me names. Because, Give me names. Well, no, I don't want to. No, no, I mean... <laughs> You know, there's great players that are not as savvy as an Adam Manner. That's true. No, 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 I don't
0: know about that. But there there are there are great players who I don't think they're just 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 not as interested. They don't want to engage in that. And that's
1: actually fine. Like you don't have to. And I think that there there should always be, and there is, you know, gratefully, an infrastructure in terms of like, you know, presenters and clubs and concert halls and these kinds of things. Traditionally there's been unfortunately a lot of, you know, taking advantage of the powers that be with that system so hopefully we're getting we are getting more away from because there is competition from social media and like all this online stuff for musicians to go directly there but i think that great players i mean ron carter who we just interviewed a couple weeks ago again and we're able to make a course with and kind of see how he operates is very savvy for an an 85 year old gentleman to be able to like leverage social media in the way that he does not everyone's going to be able to do that um especially as you get older or have that kind of interest to do that to maintain that connection and i think these incredible players should still have access to these kinds of things um, through other ways, more traditional ways. I mean, this is, I don't know what the hell I'm talking it's about. It's
0: pretty simple, actually. <laughs> no, 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 it's pretty simple. If you want to like <laughs> FYI for getting gigs, if you want to get paid, work on becoming the best possible musician you can be work on coming up with a great idea. Yeah. Cause it's not just about you being able to blow over, Giant steps right you mm-hmm. got to be able to play yeah, or yeah. do a podcast over heavy construction. Yeah. What the hell's going on here? No, you have it, to have <laughs> an inter- Yeah, exactly you have to have an, a build. I'm gonna link it You have to build <laughs> an interesting idea and then just record a video of you doing that Yeah, and that's as good of like if you build your reputation from the art you're making People are gonna come and see you. Right. All they have to know is where you're gonna be. Yeah. If, if
1: and you... you're gonna be getting better as you do that because yeah. that's sets and reps. That's performing. That's that's putting yourself out there. And it's not that different from like I want to book a tour so that I can really learn how to interact with audiences. Well, like, well, that's great. Do that. But that's not gonna come as quick as like put a video out of your solo of you playing a solo over something that you're working on. But really try to put something beautiful into the world and see how people respond to that. Yeah. You can do that today. You can do that today. And if
0: and and there's great thing. About gigs, too, is it's like direct feedback, right? Like, yeah. if nobody's coming to your gig, then you're not connecting with some somewhere in the chain from the music to the people that are hearing it or from the communication about the gig is happening. Yeah, so there's some breakage that looks in like that. a gigging musician, right? It does look like a gigging musician. No, there's some breakage in that link. Either yeah. you're not making music that's connecting with people or you're not.
1: Uh, connecting with people like letting them know where your music is but don't get that twisted because some people as in don't you listeners like if you have 20 people at your gig don't be like oh I'm not and the venue hold the club holds hundred people don't be like oh I'm not connecting with something no can, and if those twenty people there enjoying oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it, like keep reinvesting into that, they'll tell their friend. They'll, they'll tell their friends. You know what I mean? You have to be patient with that. Like be appreciative of whatever audience you have. Don't always be looking at the the next backyard, yeah. the next concert hall. No,
0: I'm not. I'm not suggesting you change anything. But you should know that that's like there's there's there, like, there's correlation between what has happened up to that point and what the result is. Yeah. And so I'm not saying you should change what you play. You should just know that, that the kind of music you're playing Don't is not is connecting it. with twenty people. And that's fine. Don't or that go combination of of what you're playing and how you're getting it out there the is only connecting with twenty are. people. There's <laughs> just the way you are. That might be exactly what you want to do. If that's the music that you love and that you're passionate about, but you gotta accept that that's That's the results. If you don't change anything, nothing's going to change, which is fine if that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah, I think a a big part of this too, Peter, is you got to be, as we both know, you got to be malleable in your life Uh, and be okay with fat times and lean times. That's right. That's part of being
1: a musician, man. That's right. Part of it. That's right. Play the long game and then you'll have some stuff from your hibernation period saved up for the, for the. uh... oh no, you need to save up for the hibernation period. Well- Whatever, you'll hear it. (laughs) Is that part of this episode? (laughs)